this week, Meta, or the artist formerly known as Facebook, reported earnings and lost 25% of its market capitalization. My God. But we asked the question, is Facebook undervalued or is its time among the mega cap giants of the age at an end? Plus, what the devil is happening with crypto's move to the upside? All that and more, as ever. We are not professionals. This is not investment advice. We know not what we do. Please don't listen to us, but please do enjoy Degenerate Business School. We were debating, should we get YouTube TV? And I said, well, what about Sling? Isn't that like the cheapest version? But they have a lot of holes in the local lineup. Mm-hmm. And then she was saying, why don't we get that antenna you put on the window? And I said, <laughs> listen, listen, I get it. It's practical. But what's the point of having a job if I had to put one of those goddamn things on the window? Come on. You put one of those up and you're saying, I got money issues, which after this week I do, obviously. But uh, but I don't want anyone to know that by me putting an antenna on my window. Come on. Come on now. I mean, what's the difference between that and bunny ears? At least people don't know you have them. Same it's the same thing. I think the the window is just newfangled bunny ears, I think. Mm. Hey. Facebook didn't didn't go didn't go our way. Uh, you guys own it too? Well, I bought it uh, a few months ago. It was the latest round. Of, not a lot, thankfully, just a little bit. It was one of those times where Facebook was getting ragged on for political reasons, and the thinking being, well. Facebook is kind of seeing a political sell-off, politically driven sell-off. But the one thing Marky Zuck does every time is he makes he makes money hand over fist. And damn it, the luck ran out this earnings call. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did I did a little just double click on what happened. So for anyone not paying attention, although it spilled over into non-financial news, so you knew it was bad. Facebook went down roughly. 25% after reported earnings, which I think is, is like one of the worst days ever for any company in the history of capitalism. Uh, that's, that's factually accurate. Uh, so I, I went, I went to the, went to the metrics after this huge sell-off, where does Facebook sit in the multiples among all of the mega cap stocks? Because this argument's been made too, which is out of all of them, Facebook has a PE ratio, price earnings ratio of 17. It's basically the lowest of all of the mega cap homies for context. Google's at 25, Apple is at 29, going ascending order, Microsoft 32, Netflix 36, Amazon 54. And Robert's favorite, Tesla, 288, which is just, 
forgot about that. Hilarious. So, so there is an argument to be made that even though there's this huge correction, it's still the most, to the extent it can be, undervalued of all of these uh, tech titans. My take on this is Facebook kind of just, they muffed the earnings call. Uh, they talked a lot about how they were getting drugged by TikTok and Snap, but those, those guys have been competing with them all along. Uh, I think that basically what happened is the street came away thinking their their Facebook is distracted from their core business and they're not executing because they're doubling down on the metaverse. Investing in the metaverse is capital intensive. So we're in this no man's land of the core business saw like kind of shitty numbers by Facebook standards, like petering growth, uh, bad forward guidance on the core business while investment in the metaverse verticals is increasing. Then James, Professor Junctus, we have this backdrop of volatility is just really fucking high because the tightening cycle is a price in, it might be priced in, but it's kind of, it kind of just creates this explosive move up or down. So if you have bad news, the move is explosive to the downside. Same thing happened to Netflix last week. So that's what I think happened. Where you where are you at? Where are you at? Is Facebook undervalued, James? Yeah, I mean, you think about all the sort of sequence of events that had to happen for it to get even to this level. Because I mean, I remember when the IPO at fifty, everyone say fifty billion. I think the IPO debt, like that's not worth that much. But yeah, you know, so they so Zuckerberg has done sequence of good moves. Whether it's the move to mobile, the focus, you know, the, the acquisition of Instagram and, and WhatsApp. And so on. So really, you know, to keep it going, he just needs to keep executing on these other moves because that's what. And and you know, you mentioned sentiment. Yeah, sentiment is bad just in, in general. So that's what makes these like really violent moves to the downside happen because of this kind of tightening cycle. So there's that. But then, but really, it's Zuckerberg has to execute on this new vision, and he knows it. And so it's you know, you're but his track record is pretty good so far. So that's what you're betting. Yeah. Robert, I think I know, I know what your answer is. Well, I don't know. I mean, is it is it undervalued? Yeah, I definitely think so. But uh, unfortunately, here's the fascinating thing: it's been it's been lumped into the mega cap stuff, which generally has shown a lot of growth, but for the most part, the growth of uh, Facebook has not come through any innovation. It's all just acquiring things. Mm. So at some point, at some point, I mean, these things are all fads, right? So Facebook's a fad to some extent. Uh, Insta uh, Instagram's a fad. There will come a time when the next thing is a fad. So unless they can stay ahead of that, it will have limited growth. So even though it was treated as such, it, it really wasn't there. So the first time you actually have diminishing users, it got absolutely killed. Now, this whole thing about the metaverse, you have to actually trust that Zuckerberg knows what the hell he's doing, which, again, that's never been their business. So yeah. unless he comes out and says, hey, I'm going to buy Decentraland or something, like you're taking a huge leap of faith. I, unfortunately, still own it because... You know, 
at this point, why not? Oh, but, same. Uh, it's like, well, if it's gone down twenty five percent, you might as well just wait and see. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing we, we all got in the same time, including yeah. late last year. So that's well, yeah, G- great point by by you, Bobby. It's kind of uh, we're at a critical juncture. It's kind of just a matter of what you believe. Clearly, Facebook is at the top of its first S curve for social media, let's say, or near near to it. Um, so I would say it kind of has to pull on Microsoft, where like Microsoft had its S curve from enterprise software, and then it found a second one in cloud, and now it's like diversifying into gaming. So Zucky's just got to be right. He's got to be right that the metaverse is a thing in which he can he can execute. So like Apple, Apple, they still haven't really. Well, obviously they developed AirPods, but they they basically have this business where they just recycle iPhone users, and it's a huge population of people, and they charge them twelve hundred dollars to get an iPhone every year, and it works every year (laughs) google's search business is just indomitable netflix eh, i don't know uh tesla they just have to actually make robots for you to believe that that multiple but uh i mean even amazon going back to the the backdrop for a second even amazon it's still kind of it's kind of knife fighting its way with like this you know, yesterday was this key technical level that it broke above because it beat earnings, but it's still well below its 200-day moving average. So Carter, Carter said this, these results kind of testify to the fragility of the NASDAQ 100, which now, James, I'm going to ask you this. We have today... Jobs report beats, rates go up a bunch. This probably means like, you know, now the over-under on number of rate hikes is five. I think the line has moved to. The the fundamental question, I guess, is five being the over-under. If you talk about like the bond market, the bond market has priced all of this in. This is what Jim Bianco says. But that the equity market is there's still a divide between people like Bobby who are like, ain't no way they're gonna do five rate hikes in one year, and people who think they're doing seven. And probably it's it just feels like the indices aren't price haven't actually priced in five rate hikes, right? So if like it actually happens, the Fed actually follows through, that's what's gonna lead the indices lower, potentially, if this is kind of a pump fake in where we are. In the yeah, and this the backdrop of of the recession too, and inverted yield curve. If you want to get get into that realm, but but yeah, I, you know, I think also there's that uncertainty too of not really knowing, and so you know, once you get the clarity, and maybe once some some of these rate hikes actually happen, there's more guidance and more clarity. Then then yeah, you know, you can see some stabilization. Um, but yeah, right now we're still washed with capital, but yeah, it, it's. That uncertainty out there that that might actually be driving stocks kind of at these lower levels. So, so Bobby, even if you know the jobs report surprises the upside. Now, granted, 
all of the jobs in these jobs reports are people working at Starbucks. Keep that in mind. But uh, to change your thinking at all about your over, your, you, you took the under yeah. on roughly four rate hikes. Like you think it'd be two to three. Yeah. Is that where you're at still? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I feel like, I feel like th there's too much of a consensus to the contrary. Mm -hmm. And, and, Yes, inflation is very much a problem, and yes, the labor market is strong, so it can definitely handle it. But if GDP starts to come down, uh, you know, it, it's all it's all a crapshoot. Um, so I don't I don't believe that he's actually going to have the boss to go through with it because it is generally known that uh, you know there is there is a slowdown in growth for sure. So they've never been one to be strictly about their mandates and I, I don't think he starts now well here's the other thing so we were risk off facebook got vaporized this week as we talked about somehow bitcoin broke forty thousand today i looked at twitter briefly uh <laughs> couldn't find an easy explanation as to to why it's happening. I think is ETH did ETH break three or is it still like 29 something? But either way, yeah, 29. Crypto, which I wouldn't say it was on life support, but it was getting drubbed. It's uh showing a mild, mild relative strength compared to let's just say the NASDAQ this week. Uh does this just mean like yet again, don't ever try to predict what's going to happen in crypto. It don't, it don't make no sense. Yeah. Sort of correlated with, with ultra high growth stuff, but also it's, it's not, it's its own thing too. So there's a little bit of a, a little bit of everything. Could, could be that all of the people that bought Facebook rotated out of Facebook into Bitcoin. That could be what's happening. I don't know. I mean, the, the way I see it is if rates are indeed going to come down, so I, I don't just think that the Fed's going to slow down. I do think that the 10-year being at 192, I'm not sure it gets the 2%, mm -hmm. at least not in the next few weeks. Uh, it could be a rotation out of that back into risk assets because... Aside from Facebook and PayPal, most things have been doing pretty okay. So the powerful moves is because of low expectations and then, you know, people need to reposition afterwards. But I do think like a lot of this was overdone. Again, in the, in the, in the intermediate term, I do think we go lower, but the initial flush down was, was a bit much. So there has to be a bounce in all of these things. Like this week we saw Amazon go up, what was it, like 13% or something? While that sounds impressive, that takes you back two weeks. I was going to say, it was like after a, a strong stretch of being murdered, to your point. Yeah. So then, James, actually, did the number, did the number of rate hikes 
really matter that much or is it just the balance sheet? And until that, that MF gets shrunk, you know, the, the downside might be limited on the indices anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's both. Um, yeah, the balance sheet's big. But, you know, you, you actually see, you know, that term, the market's doing the work of the Fed. So really, it's, you know, they're just, they're just getting the, the head start. And so, you know, but, but yeah, you, you know, they're still, rates, I think, are still in the high eight trillions. So, well, yeah, we'll see when it, when, you know, as the rundown goes. And if you look at historical trends of when it ran down, yeah, the market always just kind of traded sideways. So we expect something similar probably. Just some, you know, like also on this, on the subject of crypto, some free, some free propaganda came out this week. Uh, just FYI, Michael Saylor held a conference. It was the MicroStrategy Bitcoin for Corporations conference. Uh, so I was evangelized yet again, like I, like I am when I get radicalized on YouTube and buy Bitcoin right at the top. So, uh, I bought, I bought some Bitcoin at, uh, 37,000, not a lot, but, uh, what I'm telling you is I got to stop watching those videos. Well, when I, when I text you guys about MicroStrategy, he had just been on, uh, on CNBC and I was like, yeah, <laughs> He makes a point. He makes a good point sometimes. He is very compelling. I, I don't know if it's just uh, he speaks to me somehow. There's something wrong with me. But I walk, I walk away from any interview he gives. I walk away going, oh, yeah, it's $10 million in 2029. No doubt about it for Bitcoin. My, my concern is this. My concern is this. Uh, there was uh, that guy from El Salvador. Right, and he's trying to rationalize it. There's more millionaires, and there's going to be Bitcoin. So if they all own one, then yep. yeah, yeah, it's all that. Mm-hmm. But that's just you, math, Robert. I'm sorry. What do you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I get that. But hear me out here. Michael Saylor owns how many thousands of Bitcoin, and you have a bunch of these evangelists who own many, many thousands, right? Yeah. So it's it's not even getting to that point. Basically, what we're talking about is a slightly larger version of the three of us owning something and selling it to each other. (laughs) So if it's not really truly being used in a large capacity, because 80% of it is stored in, you know, dead wallets, then will it ever actually reach that point with not a lot of people truly engaging with it? I actually, um, like so, if I if if I sold if I convinced you that something was worth a hundred dollars and you convinced James that it was worth a hundred and ten and he convinced me that it was now worth a hundred and twenty, that doesn't mean that anyone outside of this this video call would agree with us. I think the again, obviously I go guardrail to guardrail, thinking I've invested in an esoteric digital cryptocurrency that will go to zero. And it'll be $10 million per coin in 2029. Extremes of emotion here. The thing, the thing that makes me at least moderately bullish on Bitcoin has nothing to do with fundamentals or any actual real argument you can make about it. It's this. In the 1970s, gold became a popular 
commodity investment instrument among boomers. And now boomers are basically at the top of their S-curve, as is gold. Over the next 10, 20, 30 years, millennials are going to go from not having all the money and wealth to either inheriting or earning all of the wealth and being the dominant class. And basically, if you look at the stratification of Bitcoin ownership, it's like, no, the only like older people that own it are very technologically sophisticated. And all of the people who are into it are millennials. And it's like, there, there will be like a sentiment wave that follows demographics. And so like fund managers, in 20 years, we'll all be millennials or whatever, 10, 20 years. I'll be like, yeah, we're going to allocate 5% five percent of Bitcoin. It'll be like the most conventional play. How many people do you know that own any gold? Uh, me? No, my age? Like, none. This is my yeah. point. It's just yeah. going to displace that part of a portfolio. Bitcoin is the goalkeeper in your portfolio. My parents and in-laws have gold, but yeah, it's like this transfer of wealth, right? The transfer of wealth down generation, generation, all the baby boomers are retiring now and retirement age. And then, yeah, it's just a matter of time as yeah. that transfer. And then hopefully it goes faster, faster. You can transfer wealth to the young, the, the. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the, I would say that's the base case. And then on top of that, you have all the stuff that's out there. Like now it's something like 13% of internet users own cryptocurrency or bitcoin and that the analog for that is in 1995 13 percent of people use the internet so if you think it's going to be an s-curve network explosion you have a chance at that plus you have the demographic drift there you go they're kind of commingled but so the idea is that we might be rich in 30 to 40 years no i mean i think i think you'll know by like 2029 if it's a thing so a long way from now dealing with volatility though but like to robert's analogy right like the three of us were like whales and we're just trading amongst each other like the whales are actually willing to sell they're willing to lose money hey let's take this thing and buy it back <laughs> which they've done you yeah know, that's like seen that actually I, I think you'll, you'll know better. sooner I, you'll know sooner like 2024 if it's like not above if it's not in the like six figures by 2024, then that's, that's troublesome. But again, if the American Republic collapses, 2024 could be a pretty sweet year for Bitcoin. But we'll have to, we'll have to move to either Portugal, New Zealand or Canada, you know, with our Bitcoin. So that's what, see? Or El Salvador, it's fine. That's true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's just, we won't meet again until 2024. What's the point? Total. Just total, man. Maybe um, Facebook will turn, turn around by then. Well, I mean, no, I, I had a rough week on, I had PayPal on Wednesday, Facebook on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been rough. It's tough I out had, there. Huh? It's tough out there. Yeah. I had, I had a couple good bets. I was feeling I was feeling good about myself. Made some money on Tesla, made some money on Boeing, and then that was rough. As as ever, 
you know, it kind of evens out diversification. Uh, I just wish I had bought more oil when I did. I would, I would honestly start selling it now. I feel like it's yeah. Well, that's why I got out of, I got out of the leverage one. I still have the, yeah. Still have the XLE. Yeah, I was thinking about it. You guys call it 3,900 S&P as the number. That's where you think it's going? That was, yeah, I think we were throwing that number out there. I was, I was kind of feeling that. That kind of feels right. But then that's like a pretty big down. Yeah, it's like 4,500 right now. Right, James? Yeah. Yeah. No, that feels right. That, that would be 20% from the peak, I think. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe but, we already hit the lows. I don't know. But now I feel like lower to go. But I, yeah, like bottom line, I actually, I do think there, there's like this, there's an over under rate hikes number out there, whatever it's like five. But I actually think like the real, what do people who manage equities really think? It's actually like two or three. So it's like, there's only, there's only like downside surprise. Like where's the upside surprise going to come from at this point? Feel me? Downside surprise? I just mean it's like downside surprise and like yeah. the Fed, yeah. the Fed, like in March FOMC is like, I mean, I don't think this will happen, but they could be like 50 basis points. That would cause a real shit, you know, a shit downwards. They went 50 bips instead of 25. As an example. Upside surprise could be a drop in, big drop in inflation. Yeah. You know, CPI readout. We'll see. That's Probably true. not. Well, the expectation for today's jobs number was like flat to negative. Right. And it was what, 400,000 positive? Yeah. So, so expectations are already coming down. Like the, uh, the, the inflation numbers should begin to moderate over the, over the coming months. Like that's somewhat expected already, at least because of, you know, the COVID. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, y'all. All right, see you guys. Yeah. Later.